0: the female guilty conscience i who am i all right hey everybody it's christina again your host of the female guilty conscience we are finally back for episode 2 talking about responsible drug use for adults only <laughs> and um, you know this was supposed to be done in February but Texas had a snow apocalypse we were not prepared. So now <laughs> we're prepared <laughs> yeah now we're here and I've got my lovely guest here who will remain anonymous due to the nature of what we're talking about but um, I'm gonna let her go ahead and tell. a little bit about herself
1: all right I am 26 years old I now live in Austin Texas I've kind of lived everywhere I'm a pretty driven professional who's done pretty well in her career Um, I'm now in the tech space and um, I'm very excited to be here today
0: yeah I'm excited to have you here and to talk about you know how successful people can still be successful but also have a good time. And for some other people, it's not just about having a good time or partying. It makes them a better person, makes them feel better, makes them happy. Because there's a lot of different uses for different pharmaceuticals and drugs, Mm -hmm. whatever you want to call them these days, uh, that has a stigma against them. But to get started, I want to kind of bring up my survey responses to give everybody an idea on um, what type of people are out there that were willing enough to come out and answer my survey, who are successful, and share you know, what type of drugs they use, how often they use it, and Very how much they make, because that's what Ooh, I really wanted to know. Ooh, they put to their know. salary? Yeah. Love that. <laughs> of course, the first question, which I thought was funny, is do you consider yourself successful? And why would you fill out the survey if you didn't think you were successful? <laughs> but the first person answered. They said they were a manager, and they made roughly 70000 a year and they do use drugs recreationally. Um, the how often they did is some every day and most occasionally. They did not elaborate on which drugs, but I'm sure it included you know one of the most popular ones right now is Adderall.
1: I hate Adderall. Oh. I taking
0: it literally makes my heart like I feel like I'm going to have a heart attack. I feel like that's what crack would not maybe not crack but like crystal meth would feel like. <laughs> But for some people it, it I mean it helps is in a focus. way an amphetamine. Right. Um another one is they work in asset management, make about a hundred and ten thousand a year, they use recreational drugs, they drink two to three times a week. And yes, alcohol is considered a drug. Absolutely. And preferably, you know, to me, probably one of the worst ones. I agree. One of the more dangerous ones. Mm-hmm. I am um, I can admit that I'm probably not one of the best drunks. I
1: I recently went just... on a double date and uh, my friend's boyfriend showed up drunk as a skunk. Oh my gosh. It is the worst date I've ever been on in my life. We didn't know he was <sighs> drunk and we ordered some sake and we gave him some. Yikes. I had to apologize to her server. It was that bad.
0: When it comes to drinking, it's almost, you really got to know your limit. Mm-hmm. And with drugs, you're either too scared or you just know what your body can handle or you're not. Unless... You know, you're a first-timer and somehow do way more in overdose than what you Mm -hmm. need or expect. Um, But we'll get to that in a minute. Another good one that I got is somebody who makes $272,000 a year. And they smoke marijuana daily, which is one of my favorites, personal favorites. (laughs) It makes me a better person than I would be
1: on alcohol. It helps me manage my PTSD. That's probably the biggest reason why.
0: I've had a therapist actually tell me that they they would encourage my use Mm -hmm. of marijuana because it helps with anxiety, depression, and a lot of those things kind of like hinder your sleeping Mm -hmm. and your eating habits. So marijuana is known to kind of give you the munchies (laughs) and makes me extra sleepy. So I was getting better sleep at night. The only thing is now I'm not smoking or drinking at all. But which made it kind of hard to sleep, to get used to that.
1: Oh, did you have the dreams, those vivid dreams? Yeah.
0: Well, now I'm just like, is it because I have this new situation in my life that I'm having a hard time sleeping? Mm -hmm. Or is it because I used to smoke pot all the time and that used to help me sleep kind of thing? Oh, how I miss smoking weed. (laughs) This one was a really interesting one because I actually – Work in this industry, and so I'm curious as to who filled this survey out. But you know, all anonymous, it's an architect builder, they drink daily, do cocaine bi monthly. They were actually very, very detailed in their drug use description, and prescription drugs sometimes, which I wouldn't be surprised if it was like. Adderall or something. I like. What
1: can you think of anything else that? Uh, Xanax. I oh. see a lot of people doing that. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> yeah. I guess I've never considered it as like recreational because I was always prescribed it. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I guess that is one of those things. Oh, and I guess like Percocets and like Vicodin, like painkillers. I mm-hmm. never really hear about people doing those anymore. Oh, thank God. Unless I mean- they're drinking, which is horrible combination. Mm-hmm. Talk about blackout central. Last but not least, or actually, no, we've got two more. Um, This person said they are a software engineer, make 120K a year, and then they actually stock trade and make 500,000 a year. Holy crap, this can't be anybody I know because I don't know anybody (laughs) that rich. Maybe I do, but they use uh, weed daily, which, you know. Sometimes I don't even think I consider that a drug. Like, is it really? Can you overdose on it? Uh, Happen.
1: You you can overdose on it. I actually am. Um, so my mom's a doctor, and I saw her recently, and we had a debate over whether or not you could OD on marijuana. And then she looked it up, and you can. And it's just what I refer to as like greening out, where you get like an anxiety attack, or you, where you get really get paranoid. paranoid. Yeah. Um or if you like throw up, because I didn't think people did that.
0: That's happened to me, but my first time.
1: Yeah, that happened to um, my partner recently, actually. Oh man. Yeah, my friend, um, I'm a photographer as one of my side hustles, and um, I was hired to do these headshots for a friend. I show up and like he tipped me in a weed brownie. He warned me that it could get you way too high. So, I ate it really carefully, but my boyfriend didn't, and there he was for two hours. Oh, no.
0: That's got to be a nightmare. But then I'm also like, what I would do to just eat an edible that would Mm -hmm. get me that high? (laughs) Because edibles, for some reason, I just don't feel like they get me. Oh, they get me. They're my preferred. See, I'm like, I want to go to outer space. I want to go to the moon, but Mm. because I'm such a heavy, like, I think, vape smoker when it comes to, like, the oil and stuff. The cartridges? Yeah, the cartridges that I just don't, nothing else gets me high anymore. Like, occasionally, I'll go back to the flower just to get the... That's
1: so interesting. I think a vape is, like, my least favorite high. Like, it can get you really high really quick. Mm -hmm. But I feel like it's not a full body, like how I get with flower, or hits as deeply as, like, an edible for me.
0: See, and I, like, every time I've talked to you and you've, like, told me about, like... How you felt, how you took, like, two edibles and you kind of just spaced out, like, God, what I would do to just have that feeling. <laughs> it would be so nice.
1: Yeah, I've just been pretty so lucky. Out. I'm still lightweight.
0: Man. So, let's get to business. Talking mm-hmm. about responsible adult recreational drug use. And when I say adult, 18 and older. Um, so, me personally, I feel like we should be able to make the decision to put in our bodies whatever we want it's our life it's our body and that you know i do recognize the fact that selling the drug and making the drug is a crime but i don't feel like putting it
1: consuming it should be a crime but how do you feel about that so i don't think any of it should be illegal i think that we should fully legalize all drugs and regulate them just regulate them heavily um I lived in California for a time and I worked in the cannabis industry and it was very highly taxed, very, very regulated with really stringent laws, like a lot of laws around it. And it was going just fine. And the experience of buying and consuming cannabis in California as compared to doing the same uh, here in Texas, I really missed the California experience because I would go in I would know exactly what I was getting. I would know exactly where I was getting it from, what farm it came from. Um, I would I knew exactly how much THC was in it, how much CBD, what terpenes, everything. And it was really great because there's a lot of education around it. Like there's so many resources and um, the people like that worked at the dispensaries there really, you were trained a lot, which was really cool. I felt really safe and pleasant within that, and I learned really quick how to do so responsibly, because now I know my precise limit, what exactly I like, and I feel like that's just really helpful. Right, I agree. And as scary as drugs are like meth or heroin, well, I would much rather, knowing that people are always going to be addicted to or make those, I'd rather know that they have the option to have to legally get help without fear like to go to rehab or um whatever keeps somebody from dying right which is mainly
0: a lot of those drugs is mainly overdosing so mm-hmm. in that podcast with joe rogan and dr carl hart like a lot of the stigma that they talk about is like addiction to these types of drugs yeah. being the drug mm-hmm. when really an addiction st- stems from you know a more serious underlying cause and if mm-hmm. you can find out what that underlining cause is and why the person's using the drug even to begin with, you almost kind of prevent the over usage of it because I mean, Dr. Carl Hart even admits being in academia, he's a professor at Columbia that he does heroin, but he also knows the importance of using safe heroin, Mm -hmm. um, stuff that's not cut with like what they're doing now with fentanyl which is extremely dangerous. So scary. So then having like making it important to have centers where you can test your drugs without fear of being prosecuted Mm -hmm. and making sure that what you are consuming, if you are going to consume, um, is safe and you're not overdoing it. Right.
1: And I mean, it even goes so far as like if I had a bad experience, I know that I could report that farm and there would be like, legal consequences, you right. know? Like, people have to perform correctly. In fact, I think the laws in California are even too strict to themselves, um, which I'd have to see the comparison between California and other states. Yeah. Um, sounds like Colorado and, like, Oregon and Washington do a great job. But, yeah, I just think if we can make this safe, if we can work with people, and I also think, like, like you're saying, addiction is a disease. And that shouldn't be penalized. That should be helped. Right.
0: Absolutely. Like the stigma of it should not just always be bad. Like I was reading today that the war on drugs started with, you know, President Nixon in yes. 1971. And then that's when the DEA was created in 1973. Mm-hmm. And then just looking at statistics that in the mass incarceration of people of in, in jail right now as we speak, like, Roughly half a million who are just there for pose- for drug possession, yeah, nonviolent. So sad. And how much of our tax dollars go to something like that? When mm-hmm. you know, if it were to be regulated, like how California is doing it, Washington, Colorado, um, how much money?
1: And it would make them productive the m- members of the society. It would keep people from resorting to crime, right? Because once you go through that system, it's so statistically proven that you have no other choice but to return. Yeah. Just because of how everything's set up. Absolutely. And so I think getting rid
0: of the stigma and not encouraging drug use, but educating people on drug use and what some of the benefits could really, truly be. Because, I mean, they say there's a lot of benefits to marijuana for Mm
1: -hmm.
0: plenty of different reasons. And I mean, different pharmaceuticals have been used, like natural pharmaceuticals have been used for ages and ages historically in different countries like ayahuasca, for example. Mm -hmm. They still use it today in South America as like a ritual to purge negative feelings and emotions.
1: Same, but Which like is crazy. <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm like, man, but I heard that the trip and everything is just nightmarish. Like you vomit and oh like it doesn't, but you're supposed to feel like enlightened afterwards. <laughs> like, man, I don't know if I want that kind of trip. I guess for me, I'm more in it for the happy, good feeling. Like one of my personal favorites is MDMA.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: On the street, Love people them. call it Molly.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Another form of it would be ecstasy, but I feel like ecstasy is a little bit more of like a cut yeah. form of mm-hmm. MDMA. Molly, at least to me, is a little bit more of a pure form if you can get it in a like crystal rock type form or whatnot. And, you know, I don't take very much of it. It doesn't take a whole lot for me to feel it. But when I do, it's like I definitely don't want to drink. I choose not to drink because it will put me over the top. Mm-hmm. And I personally don't feel like it would be safe. And then all I want to do is just dance mm-hmm. and love and be happy, which I think, what the hell is wrong with that? I'm mm-hmm. not going and committing crimes or, you know, really, truly hurting myself.
1: Yeah. MDMA actually got me out of um, the deepest depression of my life because um, in college I was very violently assaulted and I became extremely depressed because of it. I was like failing a lot of classes when I've always been straight A, is really difficult. Um, and I was dating this one guy and we went to this rave and he let me have just a little bit, just a little bit of Molly. And that like was the first time in like literally three years I had ever felt truly happy and that's all I needed. Yeah. Like, it was like a a reset. I didn't have that Molly hangover that people get worried about. Exactly. I just got up and just went. I was doing again. It felt like I became the Energizer Bunny. Like, I remember seeing fireworks that night and just crying at how happy I was to be alive and get to see that.
0: Yeah. You know, I was actually just reading that they are getting to a point to where they're using MDMA. I saw an article June 5th, 2020. It was dated for assisted therapy for PTSD, Mm -hmm. which would be, I think, phenomenal. Like, if you microdosed MDMA to where you got, like, that remembrance of what it felt like to be in a positive state, Mm -hmm. you know, how harmful could that truly be? Mm -hmm. I mean, is it depleting? I guess I could see, like, a different science behind it, like the neuroscience of it depleting your natural ways of making that chemical in your brain, but at the same time, maybe it'll get
1: you there. Mm -hmm. I've only done it once. And like, sure, I'm like, I wouldn't, I would definitely be open to doing it again at that low dosage. Yeah. Obviously, I wouldn't want to do it all the time, but maybe like once or twice a year. But I just haven't, like, I don't need it. I don't crave it. You know, I'm just like, oh, that sounds like that'd be a good time.
0: Yeah. Like, I don't ever, I've never heard of anybody ever having a bad trip mm-hmm. off MDMA. Mm-hmm. If they did, probably was cut something. <laughs> probably had something else in it. Which, actually, I take that back. I did have one experience where I thought I was taking Molly, mm-hmm. and it wasn't Molly. It was like some weird thing that was like H2977. <laughs> I don't remember what the frick it is. Experiment 66. Yeah, 66. <laughs> <laughs> but I took it, and I remember being downtown and just like hallucinating out the wahoozie oh my god like and when you're not expecting to hallucinate you're like freaking the f out yeah i'm literally poking people being like are you real are you real i'm seeing the what you talking about willis guy jumping from a tree branch up and down the corner of 6th street michael jackson music in the taxi ride home because i was freaking out so much they had to take me home was like making me scared for some reason oh that sounds terrible oh my god it was so crazy and then the people i was with they were a couple mm-hmm. and at the time i didn't smoke pot i didn't take xanax i didn't do any of that so i was kind of a newbie to the whole like hard drug world mm-hmm. so they took a couple xanax smoked some pot and went and passed out so i'm in their living room like watching birds fly off a tree <laughs> in a picture frame
1: Oh, my God.
0: They had two bathrooms, and one was his roommate's, and the other one was his. And, like, I could not go in his bathroom because it was just disgusting, and it looked like things were coming out of his toilet. But his roommate's bathroom had, like, a map for a shower curtain (laughs) and had these super positive, like, sticky notes on the mirror, like, smile. You're beautiful. Like, if it was planned that I was going to come over, something would be tripping balls. (laughs) And I just remember always, like, you know what? I'm just going to go pee. I'm going to go to my safe place and just sitting on the toilet, looking at the map, shaking and thinking, like shaking my head and thinking to myself, this is my safe place. (laughs) And like, you always got to think of a a place like that, especially if you are having and being with the right people. Mm -hmm. If you're end up in a bad situation like that, which I would never wish that upon anybody. I've tried acid. I've tried shrooms, very hesitant Mm -hmm. because, um, I was afraid of hallucinating again and not being able to, like, get out of that state. I thought my brain was going to be stuck forever. Yeah, I, that's it happened for like. Oh, my God. 11 hours. 11 <laughs> hours. <laughs> that's
1: terrible. That's like yeah. a lifetime when you're high. Exactly. Oh, no.
0: So I was like, shrooms, acid. Mm. Let me just start with a little bit. And, you know, actually, the microdosing of the shrooms and the acid, I didn't do them at the same time, separate times. And by this time, I was already smoking pot. It kind of just enhanced my bubbly, giggly self. Like, it mm. made smoking pot. Like, I just remember I just sat there just laughing the whole time after taking a little bit of shrooms and smoking pot. And also yelling at raccoons because we were camping. <laughs> and I just sounded totally silly, like, Go away, raccoons. Go away. <laughs> like, if it, It was just funny. But just... You live and you learn. Mm -hmm. And you you learn your limits because everybody's different. And that's the one thing that I think is bad about microdosing Mm -hmm. is everybody's body handles something different. So the actual definition of microdosing is different Mm
1: -hmm. for anyone. Mm -hmm. Like
0: something for me that's a little bit could be a lot for you. Mm -hmm. So how how do you really regulate that? and make sure people aren't overdoing it without knowing them. I mean,
1: I feel like if we could study it, if we could talk about it, if like if all of these jobs were created by legalizing things where it's people's business to know, right? And to help you know. That's true. I think that's one way we could achieve something like that. You know, because like when I went to the dispensaries and cal dispensaries, yeah, I said that right. <laughs> and yeah, I did, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> In California, um, on the, like, box, when you pick something up, it'll say, like, this will make you feel, like, sleepy or relaxed or whatever. Meanwhile, it'll tell you the effects of another one. Yeah. See, and I think it is important to kind of
0: give the warnings Mm -hmm. of stuff like that because, I mean, look what happened when I took that Mm -hmm. HK7392. Whatever, <laughs> Just made that up. It's not a real drug, guys. I just don't remember what it is. Let's
1: make it one. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, when you're not expecting it, it's almost even worse.
1: Mm-hmm. Like, almost even worse? It's totally yeah. way yeah.
0: worse. I've, I'm underestimating the... Consent was <laughs> taken away from
1: your mind, <laughs> <Yeah>. man. <laughs> that sucks. Oh,
0: my gosh. It was really, really scary. <laughs> I just never want to live through it again and never want anybody else to. But other than that, um, I mean... What are some things you would want to experiment with that
1: you haven't? I am uh, I was actually just talking to my partner about hitting up um, our friends for their connect and to set something up for shrooms. I've read so much about the therapeutic quality of our qualities of shrooms and how it really could help somebody with PTSD or depression or just in general. Like um, I know my partner has a book I think that's called like like on the shoulders of titans or something like that and it's just a bunch of different interviews and short stories and anecdotes or just essays written by all these like historically considered successful people and um, one of them was a study on how like how many billionaires are like geniuses or whatever have done shrooms and why like specifically shrooms which is really interesting hmm. and all of them stated to have some kind of like spiritual experience on it and i'm interested in that for sure like i want to know i want to have that perspective or ego death or whatever it is yeah and my like, taste is terrible yeah <laughs> that's it's what i hear <laughs> And I hear to not eat before, I think, or while you're on it. I can't remember.
0: It's something like that because it can make you throw up. throw up. Yeah. But then after you throw up, supposedly, that's when you're like, it really kicks in. Really? But luckily, I've never thrown up. And I mean, I've only had a positive experience mm-hmm. doing like the little
1: bit yeah, of it you've versus microdosed. not like... That's what I want to do. I want to do it in that progression. Like I want to start off microdosing just to feel out my limits, you know? Right. And I think if we were in a society where we could have a talk about how, like, in in an educated way, how do you approach drugs? Yeah. You could have so many people have more positive experiences on them and actually, like, minimize their safe or risk. Yeah. A lot. Absolutely. And I mean, mean, all the different stigmas that you get Mm -hmm.
0: with drugs. Like, I remember when... Growing up, smoking pot really associated with you being kind of like a chump loser who was going nowhere mm-hmm. in your life. But almost everybody I know,
1: yeah, everybody I know. The only people hot. I know who don't consume cannabis in any way, shape, or form are my parents. <laughs> I was about to
0: say the same thing, and I think I've actually bought my parents pot one time. I don't know. I think they had one too many glasses of wine, <laughs> so it did not end well for them. But mm-hmm. I mean. People are living these days.
1: No, yeah, my mom's like, I would try it, except for at my job. If they drug test you, I'm done.
0: Yeah, and that's the hard part. Like even places like Denver and California and Washington, even still, employers are like, if you test for it, like you still can't test positive for it, which I think is scary.
1: You want to know something hilarious? The only job I got drug tested for in in California was the dispensary job.
0: That's funny. Now what what it did, I mean were they testing you for marijuana? Or not were they for marijuana. You for other stuff? And they
1: made it really clear that they were like we don't care and in fact you probably should test positive for marijuana. Yeah. <laughs> like but um they were just like we just need to make sure you're not hopped up on other things, yeah, working here at yeah. the same time. And I think liability at that point. Well, yeah, I think well, it's because of the stigma over there, because everybody still thinks it's a pothead industry, like some, like grungy smoker, crunchy industry. Right. When it's not at all, really.
0: Yeah,
1: I agree. I mean, even
0: me, I feel like just for as long as we've both been on this planet, like you almost get these ideas of things like ingrained into your head. Like me thinking about heroin, I used to be always be like. Whoa, mm-hmm. that's like hard stuff. I would never do that. Mm-hmm. I don't like the idea of needles, but then I figured out you could smoke it, you could snort it, but then I'm like, still probably wouldn't do it because when they describe how it makes you feel, mm-hmm. it's like weed on steroids, and I'd probably like it too much. Yeah, <laughs> they talk
1: about, yeah, who's that from, um, Allison Chain, no, right? Allison Chains, I think. The guy who died from heroin, but he talked about how, like, when you do it, you feel like God.
0: Yeah. I'm just like, what would would that really feel like? But what would it... Like, what if we were able to control it? Right. Like, microdosing, like, Dr. Carl Hart does. And it's completely pure. Like, he's saying... I think he gets his from, like, the Middle East or something like that.
1: I know that Arabic um, weed and heroin, yeah, those are both pretty pride
0: like, right yeah Man, I'm living in the wrong country <laughs> and I'm like who does Dr. Carl Hart know but he's also a professor that basically studies the chemical reactions and I'm pretty sure from the podcast on Joe Rogan what I have heard was that that's how he studies it is by microdosing it and seeing the effects of it I don't know if he does it to himself or he has like um, like a controlled test group that he mm. uses to see but that would just be really interesting to learn more about because you just don't hear about it very often he also has a book that's out which I would I mm. highly recommend to everybody I have yet to read it because I'm still stuck in all my other books that I've been trying to read um, like Bridgerton not to mention but he's a book called um drug use for grown-ups which I think he talks about on the Joe Rogan podcast and I think you know really probably goes into the scientific stuff behind changing the stigma of drug use and you know addiction being associated with the drug versus the real addiction being associated with the underlining issue whatever that may be Mm -hmm. truthfully like even homelessness typically stems from an underlining issue and then it's also associated with drug use Mm -hmm. and that doesn't like it's just all these bad negative views on things when if you were to think about it in more of a positive view, it may be better for those who mm-hmm. are trying to, you know, get themselves out right. of addiction. Um, brings dignity back. Right. And so one of the things I also thought was very interesting is crack versus cocaine. Essentially, the same exact thing. The only difference is crack is mixed with baking soda. Mm-hmm. So... Cocaine is known as like the rich man's drug, when crack is known as like the crackhead poor guy from around the corner.
1: Yeah, I mean now crackhead's used as a slur basically. Yeah,
0: and it's it's associated racially with people. Mm -hmm. Like it's just it's just really bad stigma altogether. But realistically, it's cocaine, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: which is known like the white man's drug, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: the rich man's drug the
1: wolf of wall street right yeah
0: and when really it's the same exact shit Mm -hmm. one's just cheaper because it's freaking cut with baking soda Mm -hmm. and so i thought that was really interesting how that's stemmed from what the 1980s is when i think crack cocaine became like a big thing Mm -hmm. i remember seeing a documentary on it somewhere ideas and thoughts like that have carried on into like our generation now and now that you know, with all the different things happening in the world and all the different changes that people are pressing for, I really do hope that the stigma on drugs and responsible drug use mm. really does change and that um, there are more resources out there to make sure people are doing drugs safely, taking safe drugs, testing places where they can, where they can test their drugs. Because That's a big thing with MDMA and ecstasy too. Mm getting bad stuff getting a bad batch
1: that's what's scary that's the risk you take you never know
0: and you shouldn't have to right especially like if you're choosing because it is your right to choose what you want to put in your body but who knows what Joe Schmo is selling you to make Mm -hmm. you know a few hundred bucks it could be nothing it could be like freaking chemicals he mixed up from underneath the sink Mm -hmm. and you don't know that and that could just like kill you instantly that's like terrifying Mm -hmm. to me Always, always buy from a trusted drug dealer. If anything, (laughs) like especially if it's not legal now, just make sure who you're getting it from.
1: Find you a Walter White today. Yeah, better call (laughs) Saul. Seriously,
0: or I don't know, find some black market where you can buy a testing kit for whenever you do it. Like I highly don't, I highly do not recommend buying anything at a festival from a stranger. Uh-huh. That's never safe. They're probably ripping you off, too. You probably won't even get high. It'll probably be, like, soft or something. <laughs> or, like, catnip. Ooh, and since you did mention that you wanted to try shrooms, this mm-hmm. made me think of something from a few years ago. So I had a friend who's really big into botanicals and, like, growing things and botany. Mm-hmm. And one thing that he had opened me up to, which I went into for a little bit, but I tried eating... Uh, was it morning glory seeds one time supposedly (laughs) you can get high from it but you have to like shuck them and process them a certain way uh but um online there's a lot of good resources of like stuff that's not even really drugs that are well known Mm -hmm. like literally a weed that you can find growing anywhere if you just properly process it the way that they say which Nobody ever encourages that because they don't want you hurting yourself or poisoning yourself for any crazy reason. But there are ways <laughs> of like using like the shaman type of herbal plants and finding these plants and getting the same effect as like an MDMA, or interesting. A, uh, I've not heard of an those. Adderall, or which is like, there's just all these different kinds of actual natural-based plants. I forget what it's called it's I like,
1: mean, it's like coffee fancy botany. Coffee's a drug that we use every day.
0: Yeah. Man, was I addicted to caffeine before. Secret's out. Mm -hmm. I got pregnant. So that's why I'm drinking cranberry juice and not smoking pot right now.
1: I am, though. It's okay.
0: Yes, she's... We're keeping the the integrity of of the show. Exactly. Somebody had to. I mean, that's half (laughs) the fun of the female guilty conscience. All right. So, I mean, other than the medical benefits Mm -hmm. of consuming drugs, recreationally or not recreationally, uh, what do you think we could also benefit from it?
1: Man, I think now more than ever, we could really benefit the economy through the legalization of not just weed, but any, all drugs. Um, Because it's been so proven in every state where that's been allowed, that it just helps give them such a robust economy And those taxes go to such great things like education or infrastructure, um, which I will say in California seemed to be a lot better than it is out here. Like at least the roads were always done and looked good, you know? Out yeah. here, I need to wear a fucking sports bra wherever I drive. Like, <laughs> goddamn, so many potholes. But the road construction never ends. And it never Austin, ends. My God. It's not just Austin, Texas, though. Yeah, it is all Texas. Yeah, you try driving up 35 any which way, and it's a mess. A mess.
0: Yeah. Looking
1: at you, Waco. Anyways. <laughs> but as we've been hit by this pandemic, and so many people, I mean, at one point I lost my job. A lot of the people around me lost their jobs. My dad had to shut down his business. Uh, People couldn't pay rent. A lot of people became homeless. It's nuts. What's one way that we could use to boost this economy? Yeah, Yeah, you would make... And it wouldn't even just be dispensary jobs. You're hiring out those farms. You're Mm -hmm. having people go buy land. You're having people go buy, like animals, fertilizer, pouring into local businesses. Absolutely. You're having a sense of pride where you are, you know? Because you're working that land. You are making those medical jobs. You are making those advertising, those photography, those content building, writing, whatever. I hate calling art and services content, but um, you know what I mean? It's so far-reaching.
0: Right. And I mean... With Texas not having a state income tax, Mm -hmm. I mean, look what happened with the unemployment.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: You're right. They started running out. Yeah. Like, if we were just to have even a little bit of tax like that, like, we probably wouldn't have had that issue. Right. Like, Texas, I don't know, Texas is its own breed when it comes to things because (laughs) they like to be more independent than the rest of the country. And, unfortunately, it's still kind of considered, like, part of the Bible Belt. And so they say that, like, Texas, Georgia, Alabama, am I forgetting one? Oh, Louisiana and Florida. Oklahoma. Yeah, will all probably be, like, last when it comes to at least legalizing weed or marijuana. I don't
1: know. It keeps getting close in Texas. I
0: mean, they decriminalized
1: it, which is good. Which is fantastic, first of all. Yeah. I mean...
0: Now, if we could just
1: expunge all those people. right? Like, if you have an
0: edible mm -hmm. or any other form of marijuana other than just flour, you're kind of in a bind because they don't even really know how to measure that. So it's almost like you're automatically a felony. That's so wild because
1: it's so easy for them to measure that in other states. Right? That's weird because I, like... First of all, I am appalled when I look at edibles out here. Appalled. Because in California, and I'm not even from California, I only lived there for like two years, but you can go and it, it, like, on the box, it'll tell you how many milligrams you're getting, right? Mm -hmm. And legally, they couldn't go over a hundred at a time. I think there's only one thing that we sold that was like a thousand milligram, and even that, like, you had to have a special card to buy, like a medical card. Yeah, but out here, i hit up a dealer, and they're like, our edibles, 10,000 milligrams of set, or whatever, and it's like a huge thing. How the hell Do you know am that? I going to cut that and figure that out? Plus, it's like homemade. Yeah. So, it's extremely unreliable, because one piece might not affect me at all, mm-hmm. and another one might kick my ass. Oh, man.
0: I'll have to refer you to this awesome service that I use because they get all of their stuff like from I either think Colorado or Washington or Amazing. California and so the edibles come in in packets unopened
1: that Amazing. are like the
0: Starburst green brand like they're actual packaged manufactured stuff from all the other states and you know I think the most that they've ever sold like the milligram is 500 milligram packets so right. There's normally ten pieces in there or something like that. So fifty milligram little chewies. Yeah. And I've taken like two at once. I think I've even tried three at once. And I think it might have just knocked me out. Versus <laughs> actually getting me high. Which I, I think is my issue with edibles is there's no in between.
1: Oh, either I either not just get real tired or not fall asleep
0: <laughs> or I don't feel anything at all. That's funny. But yeah, I'll have to refer you. It's an awesome little service. I'm not gonna say it on the podcast, but they
1: deliver. They and, deliver? Yes.
0: Shit. And I
1: drove two hours in the snow right before the ice apocalypse for my fix. Yeah. I'll get you hooked up, girl. It was a, oh, I'll get you hooked fine. up,
0: especially since I'm not really business right now because
1: I'm mm-hmm. no preggers. Hey, you know what you're doing? You're giving back to your local community. That's exactly. what you're doing.
0: I'm passing on the sports. And if
1: more people have money, what do they do? They participate in the economy. So, if we could get some better paying jobs out there, entry level, that anybody can come and get, why not? Because you can yeah, become maybe an can expert some on some of these real homeless
0: quick. people that are hanging out in my center medians
1: on mm-hmm. Riverside. Yeah. Like,
0: let's put them to work. Um, I'd like to see that. And then maybe give them some marijuana and some edibles and everybody's happy. Well, let them just be normal people. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: That'd be then, great. Then they're just people camping at that point. <laughs> they're no longer homeless. <laughs> I mean, get them a home. Shit, we can do yeah. this, but give them a place on the
0: farm, which I've also heard like in California, I've heard on the farms they do like they house.
1: I've had the a lot of friends that did that in Oregon yeah. or California. Yeah, for real. It's they easy. just lived there and it was great and they said it some of the I mean, I've heard of some horror stories just like with any job, but a lot of them say it was the time of their lives. So Great experience. Get to meet some cool people. Mm-hmm. And smoke a little ganja while you're at it. Plus, if you don't normally fit into society, here's a way you can. You right. Know? Because, like, us stoners, we all love each other.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And, I mean, and we all come from all different walks of yeah. life. And sometimes one walk of life may not be your way. So, if that's the way, then awesome. <laughs> this is
1: the way. Like,
0: yeah. I have a friend who lives in Washington, and that was her... She enjoyed it. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure she moved back to Washington because that's what she wanted to do. And I'm like, man, that'd be kind of cool to make pretty good money just cutting bud.
1: Yeah. All and day. getting your hands back in the soil and not living in this bullshit cement jungle, especially now that everybody can work from home, you know? Yeah. Maybe it'll give cities a break again. Yeah. And if everywhere had weed, wouldn't that be amazing? Everybody would be happy mm-hmm. or paranoid.
0: Probably happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's go with that one. <laughs> oh man, but such a good conversation. Like, legalizing drugs or regulating it has so many different like benefits and potential to making a better economy, better people, safer situations, and helping those who are in need. Mm-hmm. Whether they are addicted to drugs and need help with an underlying issue and. It's not about the drugs at that point. Um, just so many different ways mm-hmm. to making it a positive thing versus continuing this negative stigma of it always being bad, no matter what. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm really, really grateful for having you on the mm-hmm. show. And any last words to any to my listeners in regards to this or to anything that's happening in the world right now?
1: to anything ever always do your research always check your sources and just make sure nobody gets you man y'all be safe out there and love your neighbor
0: yes stay safe and until next time we'll be seeing ya. the female guilty, guilty conscience of the it's a the, the on the dispenser. Who am I? Got you, got you, got you, got you. Or that just